WCNC Charlotte. This is Flashpoint, where power and politics collide and the tough questions get asked and answered. Thanks for joining us here on Flashpoint. I'm Ben Thompson. Today, a one-on-one -on -one interview with the chief executive of North Carolina, Roy Cooper, entering his final year in office. But it comes after several big and very public battles with a Republican supermajority in the General Assembly. The governor weighs in on this past year and his plans for the future. Joining us now, the 75th governor of the state of North Carolina, Roy Cooper. Governor, thanks for coming on and joining us. We appreciate it. Glad to be with you today, Ben. All right, so let's begin with Medicaid expansion. It launched a, a few weeks ago. You've said it was one of the most important things to happen this year. 600,000 people now with health care coverage. But we, we also know that Republicans tied it to the budget, and you've called that a bad budget that, quote, shortchanges schools, prioritizes power grabs, keeps shady backroom deals secret. So it begs the question, Governor, was Medicaid expansion worth it? Absolutely was. You know, when you're in government, and trying to do good for the people, sometimes you have to forge compromises to find the best way forward. And I think one of the best days I've had as governor is being in an enrollment center in Charlotte and seeing everyday working people finally being able to get healthcare coverage for themselves. Uh, one person I talked to had health insurance for the first time in their adult life. And we're talking about health insurance for our child care workers, people who stock our grocery stores, people who look after seniors, people who had been making a little too much money to qualify for Medicaid coverage, but not enough money to qualify for enough subsidies under the Affordable Care Act to make them be able to have affordable health insurance. So this will mean so much to those families. It will help to make sure that we keep our rural hospitals open. It will help our law enforcement. There's a reason that we had tough on crime sheriffs coming down to the legislature and saying, hey, we need Medicaid expansion because a lot of the people we deal with have mental health issues and substance use disorder, and they need health care and not handcuffs. This is, was an exciting day for North Carolina. It's gonna create good paying jobs. And it's the right thing to do for our state. It allows us to bring in that $521 million a month from the federal government in tax money that you and I have already paid to Washington to come back to North Carolina to keep people healthier, to create good paying jobs, to keep rural hospitals open. And I am so excited uh, that North Carolina finally has gotten there. We've also created a roadmap for the other 10 states that have yet to do it, a bipartisan coalition of people who finally agreed that Medicaid expansion was the right thing for North Carolina. And I'm excited about it. Yeah, I mean, it was 10 years in, in, in the making. Um, when local lawmaker Trisha Cotham switched parties in the spring, it gave Republicans a supermajority, as you know, and it really tied your hands. You suffered a, a number of legislative defeats this year. Curious, do you blame her or do you blame Democrats, including yourself, for allowing that to happen? Well, I look at this year as a very positive one because we have record-breaking numbers of jobs being brought into North Carolina. Uh, we are becoming a clean energy epicenter, and I've done that by working in a bipartisan way with the General Assembly. 
Uh, we're going to be able to roll off electric vehicles. We're going to be able to bring those great paying jobs to, to people's families. Yes, it was disappointing to see the Republicans get a supermajority when that's not what the people voted for. But what we're going to continue to do is in this 2024 election to let people know that women's reproductive freedom is at stake. Public education is at stake. Our public school students now are going to suffer because the General Assembly has passed a private school voucher bill on steroids that's going to allow the very rich to collect taxpayer money to keep their children in private academies. And we're going to let them know that it's time to make sure we break that supermajority in the General Assembly and continue the balance that has been so important to our state growing. It's been so important to making us the third fastest growing state in the country. It's been so important to make sure that we are for the second year in a row, the number one state in the country to do business. There are a lot of positive things that are happening in our state, despite the fact that we have a supermajority in the General Assembly. But I hope the people of North Carolina are gonna correct that next year in the 2024 elections. What does your relationship look like with Tim Moore and Phil Berger right now? Do you see anything changing, that dynamic changing in any way uh, next year? Well, it's important to note that we have worked together to pass clean energy legislation in North Carolina that requires our power sector to reduce carbon emissions to zero by 2050. We've come together to work to invest the billions of dollars in federal money that we're going to have to fix water systems, pave roads, provide more public transportation, uh, to fix our ports and airports, to connect every household to high-speed internet access. Uh, they have given me the authority to go out and recruit businesses with performance-based incentives that have helped to draw great paying jobs to North Carolina, and they only get the tax credits if they create the jobs at the salaries that they've said they've created. So we've worked together to do all of those things. Obviously, we've had disagreements. And uh, for the last four years before they broke the supermajority, we were able to stop a lot of their bad legislation that attacked women's reproductive freedom, that got corridor wars back into our schools. But of course, during the first couple of months of this year, they passed those things. They passed an abortion ban. Uh, they passed a don't say gay bill. Those pieces of legislation are wrong for our state. They're wrong in and of themselves, but it has the potential to hurt us economically down the road. And we're looking forward to the elections next year to try and fix some of that. People need to be aware that Republicans are working to take away completely women's reproductive freedom, and they need to think about that when they go to the polls. Up next on Flashpoint, our interview with North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper continues. Next, the governor's plans for the future and what he's considering after leaving office. When did you know what you wanted to be? Hey, Mom, the weather's on! WCNC Charlotte's chief meteorologist, Brad Panovich, always knew what he was meant to do. All right, don't forget your umbrella. In fact, he joined the American Meteorological Society when he was 13. Now Brad is all grown up. You can see him right here on WCNC Charlotte, making sure you're informed and safe. Hey, where did all my hair go? Experience the difference. Yeah. 
Hey YouTube, this is Chief Meteorologist Brad Panovich here at WCNC Charlotte. We want you to head over to our Weather IQ YouTube page, where we're making you smarter and safer. We have a passion for weather science, and we want you to understand what's happening when the weather changes, because in the end, that's what keeps you safe. It's not about being scared, it's about being informed. Browse our collection of fun and informative clips and look for new segments every week. We're here to raise your Weather IQ. Experience the difference on WCNC Charlotte. Verify, WCNC Charlotte. Verify is all about trying to make a difference in the community by making sure that the community has the correct information. This is what we know, and hey, this is what we don't know. Sometimes you're actually surprised by the answer. Verify the difference. Verify is a great way to combat that misinformation, making sure that people know the process of the reporting. WCNC Charlotte. Weather is a, a kind of science that you get to see and experience every day. And I think some people don't even realize how much it affects them. That weather has a huge impact on how it threatens your family, your livelihood, or your home. So I think it really is one of those defining things we do that really affects everybody in our community. See the difference. That process of giving you a warning ahead of time and keeping you and your family safe is really important to me because I live here too. It's my family, it's my friends, it's my neighbors. WCNC Charlotte. Weather is a, a kind of science that you get to see and experience every day. And I think some people don't even realize how much it affects them. That weather has a huge impact on how it threatens your family, your livelihood, or your home. So I think it really is one of those defining things we do that really affects everybody in our community. See the difference. That process of giving you a warning ahead of time and keeping you and your family safe is really important to me because I live here too. It's my family, it's my friends, it's my neighbors. We are back with more of our interview with North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper. He's getting ready to start his last year in office, and he already has big plans for what he wants to achieve with a Republican-dominated General Assembly. What would you say is your top priority heading into the new year? Well, first, we need to make sure that we invest this federal money that's coming down to make sure we do it in the most effective and efficient way. And that means getting on the ground and actually connecting households to high-speed internet and businesses, making sure that we're getting these roads fixed and that we are enhancing our public transportation to get people from one place to the next in a faster and cleaner way. I'm also gonna work to uplift public education and our public school students. Uh, you know, I've talked a lot with Republicans about the best way uh, to make sure that our schools are the best they can be. And we have a lot of differences. The two things we agree on is a great teacher in every classroom and a great principal in every school. And you do that by investing to make sure that we pay them well, that we respect them and lift them up. And we don't waste money, billions of dollars, on private school vouchers that really don't help people get a better education and only take money away from our public schools. Uh, I'm gonna work to create a lot of energy in the business community. One of the main reasons why we are the number one state for business is our amazing, well-trained, dedicated, diverse workforce, the people of North Carolina. And we're not going to continue to have a great workforce if we don't invest in education from cradle to career. 
early childhood education, making sure we have quality child care, making sure we have great principals and teachers in our public schools. We already have the best community college system in the country and the best array of public and private universities in the country. We need to keep improving our public schools to make sure we have that workforce for these businesses who are coming to North Carolina and expanding in North Carolina. And I know why, because this is the best state in the country and the best place to live, work, and raise a family right here. Well, I don't know too many people who would disagree with that. Um, Governor, if you could run again, would you? Yeah, I sure would. Uh, this has been an amazing opportunity it's been the honor of my life to serve this state where I grew up, uh, where where I was born, uh, that I love so deeply. We've been able to work together to have a real positive impact on North Carolina. Uh, every day I wake up, I think about things that we can do to make things better for everyday North Carolinians, uh, helping them have better education for their children, a better paying job. Uh, those are the kinds of things that I think about every day. The fact that we're going to have 600,000 more people have health care. So, yeah, I do it again, but the Constitution says I can't. So what I'm going to do is to work hard in the next election as if I were on the ballot, because I want us to continue this progress. I want us to continue this balance that we have in North Carolina that I think has made us so prosperous. Uh, and, I, and I'm deeply grateful for the people for giving me this job and this honor and i'm working every day to meet the challenges and, and we should say you have a, a full year to sort of get your ducks in a row and decide what you want to do but uh, i'm assuming that you don't want to just go off into the sunset and, and fully retire that you still have a calling for public service and you want to be involved in your mind what does that look like does that mean running for elected offices again or does that mean working in the nonprofit world where do you see yourself come say 2025 yeah, all, all of those are potentials. I really don't know at this point. I have a little more than a year to serve as governor. I'm going to work hard every single day, uh, meet every challenge, uh, continue to work to make North Carolina a better place to work, live, and raise a family. And after I get finished, I'll make that decision. I do love public service. Um, a, a few more items. In the last few weeks, you filed several challenges to the newly drawn congressional and Senate maps here in the North Carolina. It's something we talk about every single year. <laughs> um, one way or the other, we talk about it. In your mind, we talked to Jeff Jackson about this uh, last week. What do you think is a, a fair path forward in, in drawing these maps in a fair way, no matter who's in power? We should have a process in place where there is an independent redistricting commission that is in charge of drawing maps. We saw what happened in North Carolina when fair maps were drawn. The number of members of Congress was seven Democrats and seven Republicans. That really reflects the political makeup of North Carolina. Yet when you have uh, ultra partisan gerrymandered districts where uh, representatives choose their constituents instead of the other way around, you end up with 10 Republicans and four Democrats, maybe even 11 to three. Uh, that's wrong under any scenario. And whether we have blue waves or red waves, the process should be as fair as possible. Districts should not be drawn 
in a racial or partisan way. Uh, independent redistricting commissions have worked pretty well in other states. And it's, it's time for North Carolina to do that. And instead of us continuing to be the epicenter center of redistricting litigation like we have been for so long. In the last few weeks, federal government amount, uh, announcing a billion dollars in spending when it comes to rail here in North Carolina between Raleigh and Richmond, um, and a number of grants as well. You appeared with the Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. Uh, what kind of impact could this have on the state? What a great investment this would be to have high-speed rail uh, from North Carolina all the way up the East Coast. Uh, when we think about that, we're, we're talking about less congestion on our highways, because even if you don't take the train, the people that are deciding to take the train are not going to be on our highways. It is a clean, fast, efficient way to get from one place to the next. I took the train from Raleigh to Greensboro and talked with people, walked from car to car and talked with people about why they were on the train. Uh, I talked to grandparents who really didn't want to drive anymore, but were headed down from Raleigh to Charlotte to visit grandchildren. They loved the train experience. Talked to a family going on vacation. I talked to students who were returning to school in Greensboro and down in Charlotte, uh, getting uh, back and forth to school in a fast and efficient way. Talked to commuters going to work talk to business people who were getting somewhere fast from one place to the next. It was amazing seeing all the different people who loved their experience on the train, saying that it was cheaper, faster uh, for them to get there in this way. And if we continue to make these investments, it will allow us to get people from one place to the next in a cleaner, faster, more efficient way, and will help relieve congestion on our highways. Final question. We're in the middle of the holidays. I feel duty bound to ask you, do you, the governor, have a New Year's resolution? Ah, you know, just to work as hard as ever. I hadn't really thought about that yet, but uh, work as hard as ever, ever and uh, ready for better Panther football and better Hornets basketball. How about there that? You, there you go. Nobody can argue with that one either. <laughs> All right, Governor Roy Cooper. <laughs> governor, happy holidays. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Ben. All right, take care. Up next on Flashpoint, the victims of crime in Charlotte are younger and younger. We speak to the one group that consoles some of those families. With your help, WCNC Charlotte is making a difference in our community. Beautiful day, so many people helping. This is incredible. Let's spread that love tonight. Here is a $5,000 check that you guys wow. can use to further the mission. There is nothing on earth like the feeling of giving back with your hands. $5,000 to you and uh, Block Love Charlotte for what you guys do. If you'd like to make a difference, go to wcnc.com slash make a difference now. Wake up to the news that matters most with meteorologist and traffic reporter Chris Mulcahy. And we're all clear. We're keeping you smarter, safer, and on time. Start your day the Mulcahy way. See the difference. 4.30 to 7 on WCNC Charlotte.
When it comes to WCNC's Chief Meteorologist Brad Panovich, our viewers tell the whole story. Hey, if you're new to the area, this meteorologist is awesome. I always stick with Brad Panovich when it comes to severe weather. He's rarely wrong. You should follow Brad if you don't already. He's usually right on the money with his forecast. I don't look at anything else besides what Brad says. We are fortunate to have him here. Brad Panovich, experience the difference with WCNC Charlotte weather. The new and improved WCNC Plus, now on Roku and Fire TV. Watch local live newscasts, get extended breaking news coverage, and see local programs and specials. The new and improved WCNC Plus, now on Roku and Fire TV. When I think about the community, I think about the time that I've been here. I've been in this community almost my entire adult life. So I, I, you, know, you get to know the people. When you know what they care about, then that's what you care about. This community looks at all of us who do weather here at WCNC Charlotte as part of their family. And uh, when you're part of their family, you wanna make sure you do it just for them. Welcome back to Flashpoint. Both suspects and victims of crime here in Charlotte are getting younger and younger. In just the past few weeks, family and friends coming together to remember 14-year-old Johnny McClendon after he was shot and killed. The suspect, 19 years old. And oftentimes it's up to one group, one organization to help ease the pain for families. Joining us now is the leader of Mothers of Murdered Offspring, Lisa Crawford. Lisa, thanks for coming on, we appreciate it. Thank you, thank you for having me. Uh, the organization you now lead is 30 years old. You say you've been with it for about 23 years. Um, do you think that this, a generic question here, do you think that, that this problem of, of violence and, and mothers losing their, their kids, do you feel like we're making progress? Are things better than they were two or three decades ago? I, you know, it's hard to say because I think that because our victims are getting younger and the perpetrators of those crimes are getting younger, I feel like we're just, we're not going in the right direction. We're going in the wrong direction. I just, I don't think that it is getting better. I think it's actually getting worse. You provide support and, and, and to people who are grieving, who've lost somebody, they're usually their closest family members. What do you think that difference has made in, in their lives? Oh, I think that has made a tremendous difference. I mean, too often before we came along, there wasn't a group like us. There was no one to support families of murder victims. There was no one that they could look at and say, oh, you've been down this road that I'm on, you know, that we can that we can reach out and hug and touch and let them know that that this is a journey. Yes, it's a lifelong journey, but that you don't have to fight it alone, that we are here for you, that other family members that are a little further down the road than you are going to be here to support you. And I think it's made a tremendous difference in just their mental health and their ability to get back in the game of life uh, in a way that I don't think they could before we came along. What kind of relationship have you been able to forge with CMPD and, and how has that proven to be helpful? Oh my goodness, it has been, it's incredible relationship. I mean, I mean, we really are, I mean, we are tied together. Um, and that doesn't always mean that we agree. I call them fussing and complaining and mad and, and need answers, but 
but I will tell you, they are the greatest partner this organization could have. Um, we can reach out to them when we have, you know, families that that need something or the things that are going on uh, within their cases or within their within their, within their lives. Now uh, we can call on them. They're at all of our events. We're at all of theirs. They support our family. We just had a holiday dinner and the whole homicide team was there. For folks watching, wanting to do mm -hmm. something, um, what can folks do on a granular level? You know what? Everybody sees a kid that, that when you see them, you see promise and the future and all the possibilities. Make them see that. Get involved. You know, and sometimes that's tough. These kids have these tough exteriors, but, but they're children. They need to be loved on. They need to be cared about. Reach out and grab a child and say, I care about you. How can I help? Or just invite them to something. Have them see their world bigger than just their neighborhood. Listen, Lisa, I hope folks never need your organization. But if they do, I'm certainly glad they have it. And the folks here in Charlotte are, are lucky to have you and your organization around um, helping in our communities and neighborhoods. Lisa Crawford, thank thanks you. for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. And have a happy holidays as well. Take care. You as well. More Flashpoint after this. At WCNC Charlotte, we believe it is crucial to make a difference in our communities. That's why we go beyond just reporting the news. We ask, where's the money to hold the powerful accountable and get money back into your pockets? Our verified team takes claims, finds sources, and gets you answers. And we're keeping you weather aware, making you safer and smarter. I'm Vanessa Rufus. And I'm Colin Mayfield. Join us weeknights at 5, 6, and 11 and see the difference for yourself. Only on WCNC Charlotte. Connect the dots and let us clear up the confusion. We're here to make sure the news makes sense. And with Connect the Dots, you'll understand how the headlines impact your family. See the difference on WCNC Charlotte. WCNC Charlotte, we really want to make a difference. We have tools like Verify and Where's the Money to really listen to viewers and see what they're struggling with, whether that's trying to get money that you deserve or answering a question that's confusing you. We're not the experts, we're interviewing the experts. And that's why we wanna bring it to you so you can see the facts, how we check them and how we get the answer. Welcome back, folks. Come interact with me on social media, Instagram, X, Facebook. We're there. Let us know what you think about the interview with the governor. Is there something he said? Maybe something we didn't ask. Let us know. And as always, remember, listen and subscribe to our podcast. You can find it wherever you get yours. We'll see you back here next weekend as we look at the impact inflation is having on charities here in our own backyard.